Today I get to talk about the space between you and me. And that's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time with it. There is a real thing in, in, in a physical sense about the space between you and me. Have you ever, like how many of you, your, your space is a little bit farther than some people's space when they talk to you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And someone's kind of coming up and saying hi, and then you're good about right here, and then they kind of come up here, and you're kind of, you're kind of backing up a little bit, and, and then and you kind of, sometimes you got to get the knee involved, or you got to kind of just hold them back, but then they kind of slip move around, so you got to kind of do this knee, it's so kind of a little game, you go, because it's, it's real, and it's like, that's a little too close to me. Now, that's, that's the physical side, but what about the spiritual side of between you and me? What does it mean? Do I really care for you? Do you really care for me? And it isn't just me, Derry, but it's whoever you're saying that to, between you and me, maybe someone you came with. What's really going on between you and me? Matter of fact, some of you have probably used the phrase, is there something between us? Now, if you're single and you're kind of having a romantic feeling, that can mean something kind of cool. Like, I, I think there's a vibe here. I think there's something going on between us. But, you know, if you're in conflict mode, and you're saying to someone, is there something between us It might mean I'm uncomfortable, I don't like this feeling, you're giving me the cold shoulder, I don't know what it is, can we talk about it? No, we, we don't want to talk about it. We do, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. So there, there's something real in, in the spirit man that happens between you and me all the time, whoever that you and me is. And we are instructed by God to take care of that space between you and me, especially as believers who walk with the Lord. And so we're going to look at some principles today. I have written down four principles that are in your outline, and I want you to turn your program over and follow along, and, and we'll kind of journey through these. But if we do these four principles, then we're going to do a good job with the space between you and me, and it's going to honor God with what we let in that space and what we keep out of that space. So number one in your outline is, is simply this. We all have equal value. We all have equal value. There, there's no one in this room that's more valuable than someone else. You know, sometimes people will say things like, well, as the senior pastor of Timberline, you're more valuable than blah, blah, blah. What, and I know, and I say, no, that's not true. I'm not. My role might be more influential than someone else, but I'm definitely not more valuable. God created all of mankind in every nation, everywhere in the world, and he loves us all the same. We all have equal value, and that's the space between you and me. If I recognize that, it will help me. It's very, very important. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes a letter, his first letter to the church in Corinth. The Corinthians were much like us in our world today, pretty messed up. They had people suing each other. They had immorality in the church. They had conflict. They had all kinds of things going on. So he's trying to make this point using the human body, the hand, the eye, the, the foot. So I want to read a section of this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14, to talk about the space between you and me. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, 
that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, which would be really eerie, if you think about it. <laughs> that was bad. I know that was bad. How would you smell anything? I remember as a kid, I think it was like middle school or high school that I, I first heard a, a pastor talk on this subject. And I remember this part about if the whole body were an eye. And I, I was like a sci-fi movie and I'm thinking, what would that look like? A big rolling ball as an eyeball as a human being. Or then when he said ear, that's even worse. Because ears are just ugly. Like just look at someone's, no, don't, don't do that. If we're going to have any chance of living well with the space between you and me, then we're really going to need to understand what it means to value people and to understand the value that God puts on people. So I want to just give us a couple ideas to chew on. You can think about this. You might not agree with me with what I'm about to say. That's okay. I think this is our living room, we call it, and we're going to talk about real stuff here. How can I show value? To you? How can I show that you are a valued person in my life, the space between you and me? The first one that I want to put up here is just show respect. Now, this is really important that you hear the next part of what I say. I, I want to show respect to every person on the face of the earth because they are created by God for a purpose. Whether they have found that purpose or not, doesn't matter to me as far as showing respect. It's clear, and you need to hear me say this, I do not always respect people's lifestyle or life choices. I do not always respect people's decisions. I have lost respect for people that I've journeyed with, and I, I lost a lot of respect, but I still respect them as a God-created person. If, if you get this in the space between you and me, you will have greater conversations even if you completely disagree. Because that mutual respect means I know that God has a place for you in this life. Whether you're living it or not, there's potential that you could. Now, they may never earn res my respect back as far as what their behaviors are. I might have lost that. But I'm going to show respect the fact that they are created in the image of God. That's a huge thing. Another way that it seems simple, but it's so hard, especially in our culture, is to listen. Listen. Do you think it adds value to people when you look them in the eye and you listen? That you care what they're saying? We're in a culture that likes to talk rather than listen. I, I, it's just true. Some of my appointments, somebody comes in and says, can you give me some advice or can I tell you about something? And, and they'll talk the whole time. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, and I'm not a counselor anyway, so I probably am not good at opening them up and stuff. But, but I just listen and finally they say, oh, I think my time's up. You know, thanks. Thanks for all your help today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're, you're welcome. But they felt valued because I just listened. And we have a culture. Matter of fact, I've stopped watching some news shows that I used to watch where people are sitting, talking, and there three people are talking at one time. 
And they just interrupt each other, and they're mean to each other, and their volume goes up, and it's just blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, whoa, I don't want this in my life. My stress level is going up just listening to that. They don't value each other, and there's no listening skill. If, if we did this because it's a mandate from God to listen to the people we work with, our neighbors, the people around us, man, it would impact our city. It would impact our community. It would impact all of northern Colorado. So this is a big one. Um, this one, this one's really difficult. Okay, put their need first. Oh, no problem. I'll do that. I do that all the time anyway. I cooked someone breakfast the other day, and well, did you eat too? <laughs> I, I was, you know, here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the challenge. When you're on the teaching team at church like Timberline, you have a lot of time to know what's coming up. We plan these things way ahead. We looked at series and way back when. So I'm looking in all this. I'm building my outline. I'm an early guy. So I'm, I'm in there thinking, how am I going to convey between you and me? So I've had a lot of time to practice some of these things. And so when I put something like that on the board, I've had some time where I've had to live this out. And that's the tough part about being on the teaching team is we actually have to try to do this right? Or it's very hypocritical on our part, right? So that's a tough, a tough thing. But I was, I was thinking about this, and I had this uh, primetime evening thing going on in Old Town, and I was trying to find the parking space. How many of you know where this is going? So, and, and I didn't really have time to go clear the garage and all that, so, so I, there's a city building, you know, where you get your driver's license and all that. Um, it has some public parking there in the evenings, and usually I do okay there. So I went in there, and I came, there's a couple of ways to enter that parking lot, and I came in, and I saw a parking space over there that I knew was a public spot, and no one else was going after it yet. And as I came in, I saw another car pull in from a, a different entrance, and it, was, it saw it. You could almost see inside, they kind of, but I was in the lead. <laughs> and I knew I had them. I mean, I really did. Uh, by, by a pretty good margin. So it wasn't going to be like I'm cutting in front of him or anything. And, and so I, I hear this little voice in my head, you know, like, like Northrop, um, this might be a good time to practice that, that point. <laughs> and like trying to ignore that, that spirit, nug, you know, it's like, no, nah, this is not really a good time <laughs> to practice that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't like it. And I, then, I, then it got worse because then I'm on a guilt trip. I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to. So I go by the parking space, and you literally see him in the car going, oh, he didn't take it. There's one right there. They whip in there all excited, and I go back to driving around the parking lot, and I end up like two blocks away. Like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> The point is, it's not easy to, in honor, prefer one another. But that's a powerful space between you and me. If I really live that, you're going to notice it. If I really live that, that's going to bless you. And it might even create a desire for you to do that in your you and me other relationships. There's power in that. Don't forget that. Listen to Romans 12. Verse 9, amazing verse right here. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. 
Hate what is wrong. In other words, really love the person doesn't mean you have to love everything they do. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in what? In honoring, in putting them first, in caring. You jump down to verse 16 and it's even worse. It says, live in harmony with each other. Don't, I didn't mean worse, bad. It's harder. <laughs> that sounded terrible. Forgive me, Lord. It's even worse. Okay, this, this is even more of a challenge. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Don't give them that look right now. <laughs> don't think you know it all. This is an attitude thing. <laughs> so, sometimes I like asking the question, how many of you are usually right about most things? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's what is called opinion. And we have opinions because we believe it's right. And so we defend those opinions. And so it's very important for us today to say, what if I didn't get defensive and I really worked hard at this? i got to keep going. You guys are making me laugh. Number two, we all have different strengths. This is another principle of the space between you and me. If I recognize that, and I know that, and you recognize that, we're going to be a mighty team, and it's going to have a powerful output. Um, sometimes the very thing that might drive you crazy about someone is the fact that they have a strength where you have a weakness, or they have a weakness where you have a strength is more likely, and they just don't get it. And it drives you crazy because it's so easy to get for you. That's why we have this phrase, opposites attract. Ever heard that? Do you think it's true? Okay, let's break it down just for a second. Why could it be true? It could be true because you admire a strength in someone you don't have. Man, they are good at that. I wish I was good at that. I admire them. Then they find something you're good at that they're not good at, and there's an attraction there. That's why opposites oftentimes attract and then drive each other crazy. It really does happen. Not everyone is the same. There are introverts and there are extroverts. And I was reading a study, this, this goes up and down all the time, but it, about this study said about 60% of people are introverts, which I'm a little of both, to be honest. Like, I need solitude to get my strength back and to be restored, but I love being around people. So, so I have moments when, when I kind of live in in both of these things. But I promise you, not you might be excited. If, if I said right now, hey, turn your chairs around in groups of four or six. We're just going to talk about life. And some of you would be like, oh, that would be fun. That would be great. And some of you are like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do this to me, please. I will never come back to this church again. Don't make me talk to some stranger. I, I was, I, Bonnie and I like to ride motorcycles together. We ride together on one bike, and, and we don't do it very often, but usually in the course of a year, we take one trip together, and it's a lot of fun. We have a really good friend, couple, who like to ride as well, and we usually end up riding a part of the journey with them or taking a trip, and they are really a fun couple. He is super extroverted, never met a stranger, and she's very introverted, and, and she just likes her solitude. Well, Bonnie and I found these, this thing called a scola that is really inexpensive that, so you can communicate when you ride. It's just a little thing you put on your helmet. 
has a little uh, wire that has a microphone and two little earpieces. And it goes onto your already existing helmet. So it's not nearly as expensive as going out and buying this whole helmet and gear that have all this intercom system. Uh, it's Bluetooth connected. So it's, it's very simple. And so we were telling this couple about this. Look, you guys, you got to get this because then you can, I was telling him and he was all excited. We could talk and it's over the noise of the bike and man, that'd be so fun. I'd love that. And, and so I saw her the same day I came into the hall and, and here she is. And, and I was telling her that I just said to your husband, blah, 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 you can talk. And she looked up at me kind of with this eyes and she said, you mean we'd have to talk? Because riding is her, it's her solitude. Like, she likes it for the scenery, the solitude. I, I, obviously, I could never tell you who this is because I know Pastor Daryl and Dion Haley would probably be frustrated <laughs> at me. Some, some people are really task-oriented, and some people are very people-oriented. You see this in the gift mix. And if I recognize your strengths, man, we've got people at Timberline, they're, they're out there greeting people, saying hi, they enjoy that. Other people, like, as long as I don't have to deal with people, I'm fine. Just give me a task, give me a list. I'll do the list, but I really don't want to mess with people. That's wonderful because that's, a, that's the power between you and me. Why would I criticize someone that isn't good at the things I'm good at? Why would I belittle someone who has strengths where I'm weak? Why not, between you and me, between you and those other people, why not say, you go. You are good at this. You are wired for this. God has given you this strength. I release you to go do it. As a church, that's what we need to do with people who are good at stuff. Look at verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. You guys, we can never have an attitude that says to someone, we don't really need you. We don't really encourage your strength. We don't want to, I tell you, I had a, a thing the other day happen to me a few weeks ago that, man, it brought this alive to me. I was, one of my new little things I put in one of my newsletters was, I'm, I'm learning to, to weld little things, just this easy little fed welder. And I'm making these cute little things, and they're not that great, but Bonnie likes them, so it's okay. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm out there in my shop, and I'm working, and I, I'm pushing on this thing, and my, my hand comes loose, and it goes right into the end of a piece of metal, right there. And it bent my thumbnail, like halfway back on my thumb, it just went all the way back. And I was like, Thank you for this trial. <laughs> no, I was just, it really hurt. I mean, it really hurt. And I was bleeding. It was all black. It was just immediate. Oh, and it was just awful. And so for like two weeks, I'm not kidding. I'd go to put my hand in my pocket and I'd be like, oh, 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 I'm using this hand. I'm protect. A stupid little thumbnail became the most important part of my body. Right then and there. Why? Because it was the one in pain. Church is a great example of this, you guys. Do you know we have people right now, right now holding your babies? And they love your, your kids. They're rocking them. They're helping them. They're caring for them. And that's saying a lot. You know, a lot of people love to hold babies. 
Not everybody. Right? Like, I loved holding my grandbabies, but fortunately, the world we live in now, church dedication for babies, we've come a long ways. It used to be, I did every baby dedication, it would be like, you want to hold my baby? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right? I love babies, but holding them is awkward when it's not yours and you're not confident. And, and it's the transfer that's bad. It's the transfer because it's like. <laughs> and the head, the head, there's no muscle there. It's like you get them just right in their head, flops over, and you're like, whoa. You know, it's like, okay, you got them? I got them. I got them. And then you got to give them back and do it all over again. So it's not. But there's people holding your babies. There are people serving your kids and teaching them. Your middle school student right now is experiencing Jesus. People who led us in worship today, who've practiced to use their strength for the glory of God, that we might have an experience together in worshiping God. People turning knobs right now, pushing buttons, running sound, making, making something happen that we might have an experience with God. Between you and me, I release you to be the best you can be. Use your strengths for the glory of God. Number three, man, I've got to keep moving. We all need to offer grace. It's a tough thing. It's easy to say, oh, just offer them grace. Yeah, okay. Until we have to do it. Verse 22 says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Suddenly there's this grace that I offer you in your weakness, in a, a, a moment when you're not your best. And you don't bring your best because maybe this isn't your area of giftedness. We had a, in high school, one of my favorite stories truly impacted me as a student. We had a wonderful young man, I'll call him Ernie, who was just so sweet, so loving, so kind. He was a Down syndrome child that just loved people. And it, it was a special gift that he had. He loved everybody and everybody loved him. And, but he wanted to play football. And he was small, and he had a hard time understanding the game. But he came to every practice, and he would suit up, and he would put his helmet on. And I still can just see him. I can just picture his face in that little helmet. And, and he would say, how, how do I look? I'd say, oh, Ernie, you look awesome. Let's go do it, man. And we'd go out, and we'd practice, and he'd run. He would try to do everything we would do. And everyone had grace. Everyone had Nobody would hit Ernie. We'll kill you if you harm Ernie. But you had to easily tackle him a couple times because he's a player. And so this whole thing, all season long goes by. He's, he's not really able to play in a game just for physical reasons and harm that could be done. And, and so our coach came up with a plan right at the end of the season. He developed what was called the Ernie play. And he got us all together at a practice literally and said, we're going to do an Ernie play. And the right game is going to be a right opportunity where we can do it. 
And what it was basically is we put Ernie in at fullback, right behind the quarterback, if you don't know what that is, and everyone on hike would form a big V, and we would just muscle our way as far as, and if he could get a couple yards, we'd all be happy. So the game came, the right game. Later on in the season, we had a big lead, two minutes left in the game. There's no way we could lose the game. It didn't really matter. Coach says, the Ernie play. And we're like, yes, we've been living for this moment. So we're like, Ernie, you're going into the game. And Ernie's like, I am? <laughs> you know, we're like, we're literally taking him out there, and we're all surrounding him, and, and we're going to protect him. And sure enough, they hiked the ball, the quarterback hands. It's almost like we had to just, like, we're going we're to just go with Ernie, you know? And so he made two yards and a touchdown. And, and, and the stands went crazy. And front page of the newspaper in Grand Junction the next day showed him. Matter of fact, after he got up from going across the line, he's like looking at us saying, how'd I do? <laughs> like, you did it. What is that? That's grace. It's someone thinking about the needs of another. It's someone saying, I will make this happen to the best of my ability. Sometimes offering grace requires an idea. Sometimes offering grace requires practice. I challenge you with that, to practice it. Sometimes offering grace requires really hard work. The last thing I want to say to you today is number four, and it's almost the intro to next weekend when I talk about God and us, but it's this. We are better together. God did not create a Lone Ranger system. We really are better together. In verse 26, it's kind of the wrapping up of this idea of the body. And Paul says, if one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are what? Christ's body. Now we're not just limbs and hands and ears. We together are the body of Jesus Christ. And each of you is a part of that body. What does that really mean when it comes down to it? It means that while we live in this life, our touch can be the touch of God in someone's life. Literally. It means that our forethought, our encouraging word, our kindness, the grace that we talked about extended to someone, the security that we bring to that person, the affirmation that people desperately need in our world. We can be Christ's body on this earth. And I'll tell you honestly, I don't think too many people are taking that seriously. But what if we did? Wow. What a change could come to our world all these things, all these words, touch, encouraging word, kindness, grace, security, affirmation, all these have one thing in common. They all have to happen between you and me. In other words, they all have to happen between someone and someone. You can't do these things just for yourself. You can try, but you'll get frustrated after a while. <laughs> so that's why we are Christ's body extended. I want us this week to practice what it means to understand what's going on between you and me, meaning you and whoever you're with at the time. Would you pray with me, Lord? 
this matters so much to you. It's why you had so much face time with your disciples. It's why you called them by name. It's why you sent them out two by two. It's why you cared about so many things of getting people together and you put relationships in the front. Wow. Help the revelation. Would you let your revelation from the Spirit impact us today? More than my words, more than any thought, let your Spirit reveal truth to us in this moment and heal us. Heal us of selfishness. Heal us of pride. Heal us of our own brokenness emotionally that enables, that, that keeps us from being able to reach out to others because we're focused on our need. I don't need you to raise your hand to this, but I just want you to right now maybe say, I need to feel needed. I need to feel valued. I want to pray over you because that's a horrible feeling to not feel valued because God values you. You're everything to him. It breaks his heart when you don't feel valued by others. And maybe you're in a, in a situation in your life where it's hard right now and no one's affirming you and you're, you feel alone. I just want to say you're in the right place today. And we're praying for you. I, I'm going to just say, Lord, come quickly to my brothers and sisters in this family meeting to know they are valued children of God and you love them. You laid down your life for them. And we trust you. Secondly, I wonder if you would just sign up today with God to say, I'm going to value other people unlike I ever have before. I'm going to practice it this week. I'm going I'm to surprise myself and I'm certainly going to surprise others by honoring them and preferring them and putting them first. Lord, we want to practice this. Give us Little nudges when we have an opportunity. Maybe we won't want to, but show us how to practice this. To be the people of God. To be your hand extended. If you're here today and you want to belong to a family like this, maybe you've walked in completely separated from this God who created you. I don't know your story, but we care about you. And God really cares about you. And I want you to follow me in a prayer if you're ready to be part of his family and be one of his kids that just invites him into your life. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I want to be part of your family. I'm moved by this. I don't know what's moving me, but it must be your spirit because I'm compelled to pray this prayer and believe in my heart that you are God. Forgive me of my own sin, my own doing. Help me to forgive myself. I want to be your son, your daughter. I want to be part of your family today. Be with me in my future as I make decisions. I know this will change my life. I give it all to you and I trust you. Now, Lord, for us as family, remind us that you love us and you're sending us out to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>